Yo, yo, what it do? Liz D, homie. I'm hanging out with the Misfits on the Who They Want podcast. If you ain't here, you ain't about it. Blizz D, homie. Yo, 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 you already know what it is, what it be, what it ain't, but what it really is. This is Psychedelic Chilling with the Misfits on Who They Want Podcast. This is a little riddle. What it is, this your boy Captain Capo Grown on standby for the run by with the Misfits on Who They Want Podcast. You ain't about it if you ain't here, so stay tuned. Grown. Yo, 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 this is FP3 chilling with the Misfits on Who They Want Podcast. The one and only, stay tuned. What's up, y'all? This is Lady Tasha, better known as the Duchess. And you already know, I'm rocking with the Misfits on a Who They Want Entertainment Podcast show. And don't forget, go and download everything Entertainment Expo app and get blocked in or bow down. Steady, are you ready? Mm. Daddy, are you ready? Mm. Steady, are you ready? Mm. Oh, man, I can't wait to be who they want. Ladies and gentlemen, you already know what time it is. Welcome back to the internationally known podcast show that does everything that they don't. You're now tuned in to Who They Want podcast show. As you know, you got the Misfits crew in the building, starting off with Lady Tasha. The Duchess is in the building. What's going on, everyone? How your evening going tonight? Happy to be back. We got the man, 100 grand, always showing them hands. Kyle E. in the building, <laughs> master editor. <laughs> What's going on, people? It's happy Monday. This is a great start of the week. Let's get it going. And, of yeah. course, we got Mr. Who They Want himself, DJ Steady. Are you ready? Because I'm always ready. That's right. That's right. <sighs> so, welcome back, good, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. How was everyone's weekend? Man, amazing. Long and tired. Just long and tired. (laughs) Oh, God. Was it worth it, though? I guess, yeah, it was worth it. It was nice, you know, just long and tired. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Right, but you made it through, and you hear presence tonight. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Tired though. I'm going out tonight for my father's birthday dinner, you know, his heavenly birthday. Ah. You know, so, you know, then hopefully I get back home probably one o'clock in the morning, get some sleep. <laughs> and get to work the next day. Exactly. Ah. Start all over again. to work the next day. Yeah, yeah. Start all over the next day in a couple of hours. <laughs> That's about it. Man. Word, word, word. So that's good. It's good to have everybody back, seeing some beautiful faces. Right. <laughs> How was your weekend, Kyle, and study? What did y'all yeah. do? 
my week my weekend was my weekend was all right and not really much to not really much to report other you know other than hung out with you know hung out with family hung mm. out with family on sunday you know had some laughs we usually do the you know we usually do these things at the beginning of the um you know at the beginning of the month or the second week of uh, the month you know try to get try mm. to get uh, my uh, my sisters together and uh, with my with my mom and my stepdad and my nieces and we just you know we just chill and hang out you know okay. so and play you know and play games you know we almost got into a heated uno game <laughs> oh wow <laughs> you know, almost got into a heated game of uno because no one like because some people can't decide whether they want to play stacked or no stack mm -hmm. you know that's almost as worst as a spades game man what you talking about shout out to all the uno players across the world you know, I just not as many times as i sat at the table in college um in the student hall wherever we used to be at playing uno i still never picked it up i just sat there to be be a part that's all i just don't get it <laughs> i don't get it see, see you doing that for uno is what i do now when i'm at my friend's house and they playing spades it's like yeah. i don't care how many times i see the cards come out i still can never grasp the concept of the game Neither. and i know I, it, I, I have <laughs> never played spades in my life i know I mean, it's a cultural thing for us yeah. but so y'all want to pull my card pull my card Yo, okay. speaking of speaking of that, there is a there is a game called Black Card Revoked. Right. Card Revoked. They they yeah they basically they're it's mostly questions about like pop culture and how we you know and how we as 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 African Americans would answer it. You know oh, so it's mean? basically cancel culture for like, card players. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got I'm it. That. That's fun. I'm going to get that for Thanksgiving, maybe. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, look it up. And there is a, there is a, a uh, black, uh, there is a black Uno mm. game, believe it or not. <laughs> Are you talking about drunk Uno? No, not drunk. No, 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 no. Like, like ones that have like black history facts and stuff on it. You can only mm. get it on the internet, though. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Cool, cool beans. That's what's yeah, up. Crazy. I right. spades. I just was never a fan of and stuff. I, was, I don't get how to, I don't get how to play. It seems really complicated. We used to right. do um spade like couples night, and we did spades a couple of times. And I made my significant other when I was doing them lose tons of money being his partner. <laughs> and it was to the point of like just no, don't, don't. Wait, no, there was money on it. Yeah. Oh, we, you know that's a game. Yeah. 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 I'm not a gambler. I, I play. I play for fun. Doing. And stuff, and you walk away losing freaking hundreds. <laughs> My favorite expression, come clean or die dirty, is the way we play. <laughs> Don't bet money if you're not prepared to lose it. Absolutely not. So, ladies and gentlemen, moving on real quick as we get ready to bring our wonderful guest in for tonight's show, you know. Uh, so, Tasha, you're a fan of Hallmark movies, of course, out of the three of us mm -hmm. presently on the show, and it's holiday season. So, right. you know, I, what more could be more special than having an actress who played in I one know, of she was in a Hallmark movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I love Hallmark. My, my channel stays on Hallmark on my TV. <laughs> See, that out of the three of us, we got a faithful fan and colleague amongst us. <laughs> yes, I, I love me some Hallmark. I watched The Little House on the Prairie on Hallmark. Mm. I watch everything on all the Christmas shows. This is my time of year. And, then, and they also do Christmas in August too. No, Christmas in July. Or Christmas. Christmas in in July. Yeah, they do Christmas in July. Yeah, and stuff. It's just amazing. I love it and stuff. But you know, I like you know this year. I don't know. I'm not too particular on the shows that's coming on now. The new ones, rather. I like the repeat. Mm. 
and everything from previous years because it's getting too mm. like uh, I don't want to say it's cliche, but it is it too technical too. It's just get like getting, I don't know. It's you might as well say cliche. Just put cliche yeah, on the cliche. <laughs> Yeah, you know. But I, you know, I really wish Hallmark would get like, you know, one of them uh, a real, you know, a real Christmas. A real Christmas story on, you know, like from the hood or something. Let it, let it, let it, let him sell out, goes down in the hood. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you. Unless they, unless somebody writes it and pitches it to them, they're, it, that's probably, it's probably not going to happen that way. Well, maybe yeah. I should write and pitch to them because we need that's to see how it really goes. We see how it goes now in all these little la la towns and stuff. And Christmas in Crenshaw, y'all. Hey, Christmas in Crenshaw. Harlem, something. Christmas in, on the South Side, some. You, well, you, you just got to make sure because remember, Hallmark is fan, is very family friendly. So really? what? They got a couple of gun bullets, make flash yeah. once or twice. They censored Fraser. They say like I watch I've watched Fraser reruns on 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 Hallmark and those censor certain swear words. I'm like, are you? This is Fraser. What? How? how what else are you gonna do? <laughs> you know? No, I mean. need to see. I need to see Aunt Hattie at the table throwing a knife or something at Uncle Henry or something. Oh. You know what I'm saying? I need to see one of the Christmases. Oh, really good. You know, show the oh, kids no. waking up in the morning and whatnot. And, you know, the dope fiend cousin that came and stole all the gifts off the tree. Fraser's just showing for the reality. That's what I'm trying to say. Now, that's an authentic <laughs> Christmas. No, you get that. Oh, and wow. then on the other side of that same coin, you pretty much have the same plots that you get with every other actor, but. It's a mostly black family. That's all you need. Right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Just, just, just something. Just a a little bit of variety on on Hallmark. You know, that's all we ask for. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let the show begin. Let's bring in Miss Ashley Lawson to the show. (laughs) Hi. Hello. Hello. Uh, your conversations have been cracking me up. That's the idea. <laughs> and, uh, I'm a big fan of the Hallmark Channel, and welcome to the show. Thank welcome. you. I'm glad to be here. I'll say, um, as soon as you guys started talking, I knew I was in a very entertaining place in another school. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We do our best here. We try. Yeah. We try. Yes, yes, and yes, you know, and like he was saying, you know, they know I'm a fan of Hallmark, and I know you did a few <laughs> movies on that and stuff, the Christmas movies and everything. So, you know what, Ashley, thank you so much for being here and everything. Yes. I just want you to take the time to just introduce yourself to the audience and let them know who you are. Um, yeah, I am Ashley Lawson. I am an actress. I've completed a few projects, um, got a few upcoming ones as yes. well. And you guys having your conversation about what the African-American Hallmark Channel movie might look like. Um, I was actually in a featurette written by a young man that was in one of my acting classes with me called Black Friday. I was Um, just watching that. Yes. (laughs) I was just watching that. You did awesome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But yeah, so that's a little bit about me. I... um, have been acting since I was very little. I also teach high school English. So. Okay, all right. Kind of a mix of things going on there. Right. Okay. So you said since you was younger, you've been acting. So right. because I know you done a you done did theater and everything. So is that when it started from you, like maybe in in school or something? 
with the theater? Yeah, so I feel like, let's see, I say back then, but I'm not that old. I'm 32. But um, when I was starting acting, kind of the way to get started was in the theater. We didn't have everything available to us that we do now. Because now I can, just like I did yesterday, I submitted a self-tape for something that's going to be filming in Utah, which is not an opportunity that I would have had back then. Um, so I, theater was kind of my avenue to get in it. And I, my dad had taken my brother and my mother and I to see Peter Pan at the Orpheum Theater in downtown Memphis. Memphis is where I'm from. And uh, just, it was magical for me, literally and figuratively, literal in the sense that it was Peter Pan that we were watching and mm -hmm. figuratively so and the fact that that's when it really hit me that these were real people on the stage mm -hmm. doing what they loved, making other people feel things to get them away from their lives and whatever was going on in their real life, even just for a couple of hours. And I just had that aha moment where I just knew this was what I wanted to do. And I've ventured more into film and TV in probably about the last four or five years. Okay. Mm. Wow. Okay. So yeah. let me ask you this. What was it like growing up in Memphis? Uh, it was interesting. Um, <laughs> not, not so much when I was actually growing up. So I actually lived in um, Memphis proper for a while and then we moved out to the suburbs. I went, I actually went to University of Memphis for a couple of years. And then um, since I was doing secondary education, they didn't have a program for secondary education at that time. They only had elementary ed. And then if you wanted to take the administrative route. And so I had to transfer and I graduated from Austin P, which is not far outside of Nashville, but technically mm -hmm. almost in Kentucky. Um, but went back to Memphis and did my first year teaching in inner city Memphis. Um, which was something I'd always wanted to do. I was really inspired by uh, Aaron Gruel in um, Freedom Writers and mm -hmm. wanted to kind of have the same experience as that. And and the kids were great. Because <laughs> you have a lot of famous actors that came out of Memphis. Yeah. Eh? I mean, you got Louis Smith. Um, I don't know if you know, if you heard of Louis Smith. And I he have Academy. Well, um, Louis Smith, um, he played, oh gosh, I know he played in North and South because I'm a big 19th century fan. Okay. okay. And he played in North and South. Um, and then I think, I think, I think Patrick Swayze was from Memphis oh. as well. I think, or Tennessee, I, I think, because you got a lot of them that came from down there. And what happened is they, they played, all of them played in the North and South. That was a big series that came on back in the eighties uh -huh. um, based on the um, 19th century and the civil war and everything. And, it was so amazing because they all came from the South and they rose, you know, was about being, you know, um, you know, like plantation owners in the South and everything. So it was like, you have a lot of, I noticed a lot of actors that comes from Tennessee and Memphis. Yeah. Um, 32. So you might not know Lewis Smith, but he also played, he played in a lot of um, famous movies. You look him up, he got a big academy for actors and everything out there. So that's why don't I don't feel bad, Ashley. Other than uh, Patrick Swayze, <laughs> I was kind of at a little too. So you're not by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, um, E Young, too. So I'm telling my age, I guess. But um, right. that's what, that, what it was like growing up in Memphis because I just know a lot of actors just come from out there and everything. So yeah, and they, uh, 
Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't, I, so I guess the most interesting experience is really just saying that I'm from Memphis. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> my, whenever I was doing my middle school placement for my student teaching, I would tell my students I'm from Memphis and they're like, miss, you don't seem like you're from Memphis. I said, well, mm -hmm. what does somebody from Memphis seem like to you? <laughs> right, right. Like, well, yeah, there's a big stigma attached to it for sure, but it's, it's honestly, I feel like the majority of it does not fit the stigma that's attached to it. Mm -hmm. So what, what 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 do you mean about with somebody from because when I think of somebody from Memphis, uh, anything going on in Memphis, I think of some good barbecue. First of yeah. all, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking barbecue. I'm thinking music. Hey, you know how to eat. You know yeah. how to eat. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, say, uh, Memphis barbecue definitely spoiled me, especially now that I'm in Dallas. I don't eat a lot of it because it's not the same. I feel like barbecue has three categories. It's Memphis barbecue, Kansas City barbecue, or mm -hmm. Texas barbecue. And I'm mm -hmm. like, ooh, I grew up on the one, so I can't really. <laughs> I, I can vouch for Kansas. You gotta stay, you gotta stay loyal to one, yeah. Kansas also, my dad is actually from Kansas City and I've had Kansas City barbecue as well um, and not opposed to it but I always find that even if it ends up being mentally just because it's from my home <laughs> that makes me like it more wow shout out to Memphis for holding the record in that yeah, right. I've, never, yes. I've never been I've never experienced the, but you uh, hear so much about it even when you watch TV shows and things like that you got to go to Memphis, like you say, for the food, the barbecue, especially, and yep. for the music. And, and now we got music. acting. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You got so much You got so much history over there. So Yes, you sure enough to do. Yeah, but I'm glad I already ate because now you're making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just talked um, about barbecue for three different I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk about the South. You got to talk about food and stuff because there's some good cooking word, down word. The South and everything. Yeah. So Ashley, after you know, um, you figure out, okay, acting, this is it. This, this is, this is uh, what I want to do and everything. Did you, um, uh, I know you did theater, but was you also? Did you say you was taking acting classes as well, lessons? Yes, I took acting classes. Uh, at the time, they weren't necessarily the greatest. Mm -hmm. I am kind of the first person in my family to want to take an artistic route um, slash lifestyle. So my parents did the best that they could trying to help me get into that market while I was young. But they didn't really no, you know what I mean? And um, so my mom, like she bought books, she read what she was supposed to, to try to help me out. I got a few things, um, mostly in theater. And then it just kind of, I guess, fizzled out for lack of a better way to phrase it. I went to college, thought, oh, I have to get a big girl job. And I was originally a broadcast journalism major. And mm -hmm didn't like any of the computer classes that I had to take, which was half of the curriculum. And I was like, I don't think this is going to work. Mm -hmm. But so, I switched to English. And then I, um, in my opinion, education is not really what it should be. And I took a year off from teaching and thought about what was the last thing that I did that made me happy. And it was this. So I found ways to get involved and that in and of itself was a little bit of a process. Um, so I would say to anybody that's possibly getting into it, regardless of what market you're in, it probably took me 
a solid year and a half um, before I found legitimate acting classes to be in and legitimate um, directors and things like that to be associated with and people to be associated with because the good acting classes are not the ones you're going to find when you search it in Google. They're mm. the ones you're going to hear about from word of mouth. And a lot right. of the classes are invitation only as well, which is why you can't just Google them and find them. Oh, so, okay. uh, you definitely have to take the time to not only be in the classes, but listen when people talk, even if you don't think it's anything that you're going to carry. Right, right. You never know who's going to say something that's going to lead where, where you need to go. Right. So let me ask you this. All right. Um, Cause you don't took these acting classes and I've always was curious. What is it that they break down and you learn in acting classes? You know, cause I know you do like, you know, you do like, acting roles and stuff and maybe play out you know plays or whatever but what is it are you learning like is it like um certain ways of like maybe how to like put your mind in certain situations and get prepared for a role do you understand what i'm saying yes i do and it it kind of depends on what level you're at because somebody that's just starting is going to be a little bit different than somebody that's advanced so like if you're just starting they i don't know if you've ever heard or even watched in movies where they're trying to uh imitate somebody doing an audition yeah. or something like that and they get this weird like actory voice and stuff yeah. like that where you know that they're acting so for beginners it's kind of breaking that habit and then being able to break down a scene and then as you get more advanced um like one thing that i've been working on a lot lately and i actually have a coach in the uk that has been helping me out with this specifically is how to move in front of the camera um because you can drill scenes and kind of in an advanced acting class is you are doing the scenes, but the instructors are helping you um, figure out where to take risks. So we as actors just kind of have a tendency to take the safe route when we're doing an audition, but casting directors are looking for that person that stands out. So it's like, what are you going to do as the actor auditioning that is going to make you stand out from Tasha or Kyle whenever we see our their self tapes as well. Um, and so is, um, like I said, movement in front of the camera is what I'm currently working on because even that in and of itself is kind of a science and you think about it and everything looks right on TV, but when you are actually doing it, uh, in order for the camera to catch things and catch little nuances and things like that, moving in front of a camera is a lot slower than it would be in real time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Really? Hmm. Is, is okay. that what you describe as method acting? So to uh, speak? No, not not necessarily. It's really just more about being aware because it's the same thing whenever you're doing a close-up shot versus a shot that's a little bit farther away because mm. when it's up close, you don't need to have as harsh facial expressions as when the camera's far away because it's right there. So it's going to pick up those subtleties in your face that when it's far away, it won't. Um, but I would say it falls more under that self-awareness being knowing where the camera is, knowing what your frame is, and knowing what your character can do, should be doing, would be doing, and not just doing it for the sake of doing it, but having an intention and a goal for why for why I'm making coffee as opposed to doing the dishes. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. So in my research, I uh, found out that 
well you you've already mentioned it with the uh, with the uh, british with the british style of acting but i found out that you're a bit of a anglophile you love uh you know you love british tv and things and things of that nature i my i myself i i know you're not really you know into comedy as much i'm more into the comedy of things and also i'm a i'm a doctor who fan i'm a whovian um nice. so I, so when you when i heard in one of the other podcasts you had, that you had done because i did kind of a deep dive that you loved everything from like british tv because of the spice girls and everything right <laughs> i wanted to know like if you had your if you had your your pick of shows that are out right now what would you like to what would you like to be a what would you like to be a guest in like if you had your pick uh, hands down, it would be The Last Kingdom. I know they are currently filming season five. It's on Netflix. And actually, when I found out they were going to be filming season five, I tried to contact the casting director and assistant casting director so many times. It was ridiculous and never heard anything back from them. Um, so it just kind of dwindled. But yeah, hands down, it would be that show. I absolutely love it. And wow. just like um, you're learning, you know, you're learning things from from uh, the UK side, the UK is learning how to act like Americans do. So it's 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 kind of in it's kind of interesting how, um, you know, how those things kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say collide. I want to say combine, because uh, I heard that you also sat in on a, on a Q&A where they um invited like british cast casting directors and you got to ask them a few questions you didn't even get to meet them but you got to ask them some questions how did that feel for you it was a great honestly and what kind of motivated me to do that was i had read some articles and i don't even know where and i don't know how long ago i read them but just statistically british actors were coming here and getting offered more roles because they knew how to move in front of a camera better than mm -hmm. Americans did and um, more efficiently. But what's funny about you saying that is we are trying to learn what they do and they are trying to do what we do is very much true because my coach that I have in the UK, she was laughing one day when I was in a one-on-one -on -one session with her because she said the exact same thing. She was like, my British students want to learn how Americans do things and Americans <laughs> want to learn how the British do things. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. It does. No, it does. Because we don't really think about the subtle differences between, you know, between uh, like, like me, like me as a fan, my, and my grandmother will tell you this because she loves British TV, dramas, comedy, all of that. We'll, we'll mm -hmm. watch some stuff together when, when I'm, when I'm with her on occasion. Right. But um, when I started watching British television, like when the, when BBC America became a thing, right one of the first shows i started watching was a show called coupling and the way that they did their uh they did their uh their comedy versus you know versus us like we'll go for the we'll go for the big jokes they'll go for the subtle stuff and that'll get the you know and that'll get the biggest laugh like some people call it dry humor whereas, whereas us where you know we, we don't we we try to get the biggest laugh possible so yeah. it's like you know, I, I that that's the that's the um, you know that's the, the subtle differences that I that I notice. Physical humor seems to be pretty uh, similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like a lot of a lot of the a lot of the classic sitcoms we got were adapted from you know from British sitcoms. Everything from Sanford and Son to um, it, to uh, three you know to Three's Company to All in the Family. They were originally uh, adapted from British TV shows. So, really? so sometimes, yeah, even like, look, like even Sanford and Son, that was from an old black, 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I was surprised when I found that out too, long, you know, a long time ago. So when you wow. um, so when you um said that you you know, are a big fan of like, of like British TV or, you know, and, and things like that. I could kind of, I could kind of relate, but I can't, I can't do what you do. I could probably see my, I could probably <laughs> see myself editing. Right. But acting, I never, never got that, you know, so, <laughs> mm. but what, but, but what's it like for you when you're um like now when you're auditioning, cause you also do like indie films as well. Right. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, actually, um, uh, I have my first in a long time in-person audition tomorrow afternoon. So I'm really looking forward to that. It'll be nice to physically be in a room with somebody else again. But as far as auditioning goes, um, it's really just a matter of getting a scene and then playing mm -hmm. with it for me. Um, I always play with it and try a bunch of different ways until it feels right. And it's amazing how now that I've been doing this for a while, whenever I am able to do what feels right, it just immediately clicks. And it's something in my head is like, this is your character. This is the way we're playing it. Um, yeah. And some auditions take a little bit longer time to prepare for. Like, for instance, yesterday, that self-tape that I mentioned earlier, I submitted, it was six pages of dialogue. Sometimes mm -hmm. you only get one, one and a half pages. Fortunately for that one, uh, we had a couple days turnaround time, which is also unusual. You usually get 24-hour notice. So in that 24 hours, you have to learn the lines. You have to figure out your character mm -hmm. and you have to give a believable audition as well. And uh, so when you get those longer auditions, those those few extra hours are a good thing. <laughs> oh, really? So that's how it goes. So if they keep you yeah. on longer and everything. Yes. Um, but it's also, it's kind of bittersweet in a way because whenever they do send auditions, and when I say they, it can be whether we as actors self-submit or if you have your agent submit you, um, as the agents will always put on the audition information, is to make sure you get it submitted as soon as possible. Because sometimes if you don't put it in till right at the deadline, if the casting director has already seen their quota of people they're going to have for callbacks, they may not even watch your video. And you could have mm -hmm. given the best performance of your life and nobody ever right, saw it. Right, right. Oh. So it's kind of, it's a strange balance because you're like, oh, I have this extra time, but I also need to make sure that I get it turned in. So it's kind of finding, finding the balance, making sure you're taking the time to get that character set up and then do a believable audition that makes them want to interact with you face to face instead of via self tape. Mm. Awesome sauce. So yeah. you, um, you did a Western. I did. Right? And I know I caught that and because that, that's me. And I have a feeling, was that Western based in the 19th century, like in the 1800s? Um, you, I, did I, about because you did it because some, um, you was trying to fight off somebody that took the property from you. And that sounds like something that would happen back then. <laughs> so it was definitely, we didn't have an actual year in the script, um, if I recall correctly, but it was definitely like front. Was you riding around in what wagon and horses? Yes, yes. 
special location in order to get a log cabin to even be able mm -hmm. to do it. And you're right. Yes, it was uh, these two brothers coming to my house and their older brother had already been there trying to take it from me. And I shot him and I wasn't afraid to do the same to them either. Um, and <laughs> right. It's like oh. the only gate. Tough, tough. The Western woman back in the 19th century was tough. Like, yes. listen, like, listen. I know it's, I, I know it's acting, but now I'm picturing, now I'm picturing you with a gun and um, right. The yeah. whole setup is just the right whole there. Setup. The music <laughs> in the background. Yeah, Everything. with a, with the country accent or a really southern mm -hmm. accent, I guess I should say. And it was interesting how I even came across that. So it was a student film. Um, we have a lot of universities around here that have good film departments. And that particular one was for SMU, so Southern Methodist University. And I had actually auditioned for a different student film. And that person saw my tape and they were like, hey, I don't think you're right for us, but I sent your audition tape to my friend that's also casting something I think you'd be perfect. And so um, she forwarded my audition to the director of the film I ended up being in. He absolutely loved it and pretty much booked me as soon as she sent over the audition tape. And I didn't even do the audition. I, it was still the audition that I had done for the film I had originally requested to submit for. It wasn't even an audition for the film I ended up being in. So. Yeah, but wow. somebody was looking out for you then. Yes, yes. Wow. So now going forward, um, the Hallmark movie. Now, what 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 went through your mind? What did it feel like when they called you and you got the role for the Hallmark movie? Being that this is like this is like the big thing now, especially if it was for yes. you did Christmas. You did two, right? How many you did? I I just done one. Um, I have tried to do others and auditioned for others as well. Uh, that one in particular, I it was kind of at the beginning of my film and TV, so I don't have a speaking line in it. I'm at the very end in the um, gala scene that, like you guys were talking about earlier, they all kind of have a little structure and they always have a ball or a gala in them. And yeah. so yes. I... I'm in that scene. Uh, you can see me quite a few times in that party, uh, but it was a lot of fun because that was the first time I was on a big, a big production set, and it was actually a lot of fun. I'm here in the Dallas area, and actually flew to Atlanta to do that. That's where they were filming the last few scenes um, for location purposes, and it was. A really fun to see how something like that works. It was fun to interact with other people um, and really kind of be on set with with important people. And I don't mean that to make us sound less important, but one thing that I've learned in class and with some of my professional acting coaches, one of their things that they always kind of let us know and practice with us about is, you know, what happens? How are you going to act when you are given an audition where you are doing an audition with these A-list actors? Are you going to completely freak out and forget all of your lines? Are you going to become a giant fangirl or are you going to be able to keep your cool and, and just do your job? And so that was, that was a nice experience to see as well. It was also fun to see how those actors kind of process things. Uh, like the guy that was in it, Matthew Davis, he didn't really, 
he was one of those actors that you hear about that's very quiet and kind of keeps to himself. That's his mm -hmm. process. Whenever mm -hmm. they would be between uh, setting up camera, moving camera positions, he would always be back in his trailer. The two girls that were there, Jill Wagner, and I can't remember the girl's name who played her best friend, but they would always just kind of talk to the director while cameras were being moved around, but didn't really think it was worth it to go all the way back to their trailer. And then... Um, Donna Mills was in that movie as well. I've admired really? her. Donna Mills. And she is as sweet as she can be. Yeah. She had zero problems <laughs> sitting out with all of the um, extras eating whenever we got our lunch break. Uh, we filmed it overnight. Everybody was so tired. I think our call time was at like seven or eight o'clock at night and we didn't wrap till five o'clock the next morning. <laughs> mm. Wow. Yeah. You worked with Donna Mills. That, that That's amazing. So speaking about actors you worked with, um, let's talk about as far as like, who were some of the actors that inspired you coming up? Um, I would say I was always a really big fan of Sandra Bullock. Um, mm -hmm. I, I really admire her, but I have also been told a lot that I resemble her as well so i so mm -hmm. i think i'm a little bit partial to her anyway mm -hmm. but uh some other people that i've always really liked were of course jennifer aniston um uh, anne hathaway really kind of became a thing princess diaries came out right mm -hmm. when i was at about i think she's a few years older than me but mm -hmm. anyway where it was relatable and ever since then loved everything that that she's been in as well um, so those are a few okay. great choices, though, right? Yeah, very great choices. Yes. <laughs> great choices. Yeah. Um, you consider yourself to be a pretty organized person from what I from what I know. Um, I so, am a very organized person. <laughs> so but 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 given that you are, you know, going on these auditions and, and doing a, and, and doing acting and going on and going on location at times and also teaching. How do you, how do you balance it? Mm. So honestly, that hasn't been a problem yet. This is my first semester going back to teaching in a while. And the school that I teach for is online. So fortunately, I'm kind of done teaching by 11 o'clock in the morning. And then the afternoon, it's kind of, as long as I get my checklist done by the end of the week, we can kind of plan our days as needed. So mm. it looks for a lot of flexibility there. So to completely answer your question, it hasn't become an issue yet, but just in the off chance something does come up, I'm saving my vacation days. <laughs> okay. Any of them? Yeah, because it, se it seems like in that, in that case, um, COVID might have helped you in that respect, or mm -hmm. was it always online? It was always online. Uh, this particular school has always been online. Okay. Okay. See that? No, that answers my question. Because I was shout out was to going, online schools, though. I yeah. Don't shout, say. Out to, <laughs> shout out to online. Shout out to online. The online teachers. Oh, bless them. Teachers. Period. They definitely <laughs> give them. You know what? And doing COVID. Let me ask you this: Being a teacher doing COVID, uh, did you get frustrated just to realize the amount of parents that just had issues? with like adapting to their children going to school online because I know offhand a lot of parents couldn't just handle it at all. And I was thinking about, well, we are in the age of internet and computer. Like what's so hard about it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And a lot of parents are like, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing and everything. Like how frustrating was that for you on the other end? 
So I wasn't actually teaching during COVID, but I had a lot of friends that still were and knew a lot of people. So when COVID first happened, it was definitely an adjustment to move to a complete online platform. And mm -hmm. we think of kids as being really technologically savvy and they mm -hmm. are, but only to the extent that they know how to use social media and stuff like that. Like it's mm -hmm. amazing when you get in there, especially with high school kids, how many of them don't know how to do um, credible research. Like mm -hmm. they know how to get in there and Google stuff, but they don't know what websites are credible and which ones are not. Um, like no, they don't know the that pop up. Yes. Like a lot of times they don't understand why they can't just use Wikipedia. Well, that's because anybody it's can go out and do stuff. Right. <laughs> um, so they they are technologically savvy to an extent. So I think there was a little bit of a learning curve for teachers, students, and parents that did cause a lot of that frustration. And then at least here in Texas with a lot of the school districts around me, they last year when they went back to school, they gave the option. Um, you could either have your kids do online school or you could have them do in person. And some schools even allowed you, they did like a semester evaluation where you could choose to go online. And then maybe during the spring semester, you wanted to come back after you kind of waited out to see what COVID was like. But I have one friend and she's an actress too. She kind of just does it as a hobby on the weekends. And she teaches at a high school nearby and she teaches mm -hmm. Spanish. And it ended up being really frustrating for the teachers last year when the kids had the choice of online or in-person school because the teachers got stuck doing both. So it was like half of your students were in class and half of your students were online, but you were having to teach both at the same time. Mm. Which teaching kids in person and teaching them online is very, very different. Um, they both need different things and you as a teacher even need different things in order to effectively teach them. So I can't imagine trying to teach half of my class online and half of my class in person at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> I live in uh, I live That'd in be an author worthy performance if you can pull it off though. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I live in Connecticut and um, when they when the lockdown first happened and they were and they were starting to implement more online classes. Um, one of my one of my friends who I ended up interviewing on one of my other shows informed me that not a lot of his students had access to the same, uh, you know, to, to the same platform. They were using Google Classroom and not everyone had access, not even not even. And, and if you can and if you can believe this, I know we're in the age where just about everybody has a computer, but not every kid because he, he teaches, uh, he, he taught uh, middle school kids, not every kid had access to a computer. So they were you know, missing days on top on top of days to the point where um, a lot of the students, they didn't do the, they, they didn't do their work. So they were so now it's like, um, and I could be and I could be, you know, I could be missing some information. So don't completely quote me, but they wouldn't let them have the choice of doing the online schools versus the uh, versus physical once stuff started opening up again. So yeah. I know every, you know, I know everywhere you go, it's different. Everybody has different rules and regulations, but man, that's tough. Yeah, it is. We, uh, the school district that I used to teach for when I was still teaching in person, they, they, the last year that I was there, they gave all of the high school kids iPads and they gave all of the middle school kids Chromebooks 
for that very reason, because a lot of assignments, especially in high school, like you said, are via Google Classroom and not all of the kids have access to it. Plus, with an iPad, the um, school district could purchase the, the data to go with it as well. So even if they don't have Internet access at home, they still have it on their iPad. The unfortunate thing with the middle schoolers, though, is, you know, they are still learning how to live life and a little bit less responsible so they would have to keep their Chromebooks at the school. They didn't get to take them home. So I, I don't think, at least in that school district, I don't think it was as big of an issue there. But I 100% understand where where your friend is coming from because it is it is a very big issue. And that's um, really why the school district I used to work for did that. Kurt was able yeah. to purchase iPads and Chromebooks for all of the, the secondary ed students so that it wouldn't be a problem. Oh, wow. Right, right. Wow. Wow. So let me ask you this. You done worked with Donna Mills and other actors. <laughs> Who are some of the other actors and actresses that you would love to work for, with? Um, oh, man. I feel like there's so many. Um, uh -huh. I I would honestly love to work with Reese Witherspoon. I've always been a huge fan of hers, wow, but of that, she's a fellow Tennessean. Um, <laughs> um, I told you a lot of them come from there. <laughs> would also love to work with Nicole Kidman. I've been a giant fan of hers since nice. Practical Magic was a thing and seen just about everything she's been in. Um, I feel the same way about Rachel McAdams. Um, I... I think she's a very underrated actress, but she's fabulous every time she's on screen. As far as actors I would like to work with, I would love to work with um, Killian Murphy. He's an Irish actor, um, actually the lead in uh, Peaky Blinders, if you guys are familiar. I've heard, of, I've heard of it. I don't think I've watched it, but I've heard of it, though. Yeah, well, if you're into gangstery type stuff and like old school gangstery mob type mentality thing, uh, then it's definitely for you. There's there's a lot of violence in that show. Uh, have always been a fan of Henry Cavill since before he was kind of a big deal with his Superman <laughs> thing, and also Jonathan Reese Myers. I kind of fell in love with both of them at the same time. I was really big into The Tudors when it was out on HBO, and uh, yeah, just really liked both of them as well. So I think I think all of that would be fun. <laughs> That's a heck of a. That, those are adding some lists. Yeah, that, that's that's a, that, that, that's a good list to have, though. Like and I think she she had those in her pocket, though. You notice yeah. she came up with those right away. Barely right I, I didn't, though. Believe it or not, I just there really are so many that that I admire. But as far as actually wanting to work with them, because like I think it would even be fun to do something with Kaylee Cuoco as well. Um, yeah, love yeah. Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah, she's great. I haven't, honestly, I haven't always been a fan of hers, but over the last couple of years, she's grown on me, I think, because I started following her on Instagram, and mm -hmm. I just like who she is as a person. So I was like, okay, maybe maybe I didn't give her enough credit. <laughs> I was a big uh, Big Bang Theory fan, yes. and also um, Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter, uh, Rest in Peace, John mm -hmm. Ritter that was one of my you know one of my shows too so seeing so seeing i feel like i kind of saw her grow up in a way yeah so 
you know, so then her playing Penny for like 10 plus years and she's still, right. and, and also going into, you know, doing more voice acting. Like she did stuff for Disney. She's done stuff with, with uh, Warner Brothers. She's Harley Quinn. Like that Harley Quinn, they Harley Quinn though. That's a whole different side of her. I was not expecting. <laughs> um, but it was a, it was, it was an excellent show. She's a great, she's a great actor and I got to really give her her, pro, you know, her props, you know, um, yeah. I can definitely see you guys, you guys uh, working together one day yeah. i think it would be a great time so if you know someone if i know someone i know i know nobody i don't know i don't know i don't know anybody the only we'll keep our ears open trust and believe we'll we'll keep our ears open. Open. If they ever, yeah if we ever get a chance to interview her honestly that would be dope yeah well we're gonna take a quick commercial break and then we're gonna come back and talk about some of the things that you have up and coming okay <laughs> all right guys see y'all in a few Hey, I'm Alistair Boxhill, and I'm both passionate and committed to helping you win through understanding the power of credit and your own financial literacy. See, financial literacy wasn't something that I was taught in school. I had no idea what made up my personal credit score or what the proper credit utilization was, or even what the impact of me not paying my bills on time would have on my credit scores. As a result, I suffered with bad credit for a very long time. I just couldn't get out of my own way. You know, I was never the person that didn't make money. I've always been a go-getter. But the lack of knowledge and the tools really had a huge impact on me. I'm definitely a testimony that you can overcome bad credit. I've personally had repossessions along with various collections accounts removed from my credit profile which has allowed me to get my buying power back. Today I'm passionate about helping you to win and to overcome your bad credit and to take charge of your financial future. That bankruptcy, that repossession, those medical bills, those student loans, it does not have to define you. If you're ready for change and to take charge of your financial future, I'm ready to work with you. Connect with me on social media. On Instagram, Alistair Boxer. On Facebook, Alistair Boxer. Or you can email me at alistairboxhillgmail.com for a free consultation. Looking forward to working with you. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Indeed. So, let me ask you, what are some of the roles you would like to... Um, like what is like that you will find real challenging that you would like to do? I think the most challenging for me would be something in an action film, not necessarily because it would be hard to learn. I just don't have any stage combat training or whatever <laughs> you want to call it to be able to do it. But I would definitely be open for it because action action movies always just look so fun. So it's something that I would want to do. That and something where I would have to cry a lot. I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago and one of the actresses that I currently really admire is Lily Rabe. She's in um, the American Horror Story series. And I, I only made it through the first two seasons, but I swear every time that girl was on camera, she was crying her eyes out. And I'm like, I just... I 
how how does she do that? And I mean that like in in a I always way. wonder how, how, she, how, how about that like, Yeah. <laughs> like what are some of the techniques uh, you, you you might use or you yourself might think of using to get into do a role like that, like a like like a real like you know, just a crying emotional role. Yeah. Um I I honestly think it depends on the actor because there's like some tips and tricks you can do. There's some kind of something you can smell that'll make your eyes start to tear up and whatnot if, if you need to do that. Um, I know kind of the first thing that I had heard about that was to think about uh, something sad that happened in your life. But later when I started getting into real acting classes, for lack of a better way to phrase it, I learned that wasn't really the best thing to do because your headspace goes back to that as well instead of staying in the moment. So it really all comes back to being able to embody the character that you're trying to play and stop thinking about it as you in the situation and just really be that character in the situation. And then it becomes easier. But honestly, crying just comes easier for some for some people. I was in a I took a master class that Natalie Portman had done and she she straight up says in there she was like it is a lot easier for me to cry than it is for me to laugh in a scene. And so some people are just more geared towards being able to just naturally play those more dramatic roles um than the rest of us. Oh man, so so do you do you see like okay, so we know you know how to handle a gun. So <laughs> So do you see yourself like, say, as far as as far as like action heavy, we talking like state and you said like stage stage combat and things like that. So so have you ever done anything like take any kind of um, like self-defense courses or anything or anything of that nature? Are you are you into anything like mar like martial arts or anything like that? Um, Not really outside of like fitness, kickboxing. It's not that I'm not into it. I just have. I really never taken the time to commit to doing it. Mm -hmm. If yeah. I'm being completely honest. Mm -hmm. No, it may, no, it makes sense. It's, you know, everybody, it's not always everybody's cup of tea. Like, no, I, you know, like I, uh, I did a little bit of Taekwondo when I was a kid and then I, you know, and then I switched and did like stuff like yoga and currently I'm doing, I'm doing Tai Chi, but that, you know, that's slow meditative exercise. Right. I, uh, you know, I can't see, you know, I can't see myself having to use anything that I, you know, the little bit that I know to defend myself. But yes. I do know that there is a way I can, at least, I guess. You yeah. Know? But, but she'd um, be a shoe in for like a new age G.I. Jane or some sort of, <laughs> I, I could see maybe like a action cop, you know, heroism, like a new age something. Because you got to look at the way the times are changing where, you know, Westerns are starting to come back on the rise. Even yeah, though right. we've done that set scene before, but it and then Netflix is really just expanding the bag of the world of fantasy and more with their and catalog. Services popping up every like every couple of years is a new one, you know. So there's always different. There's always different avenues to. There's always different avenues to take. Um, but uh, so as far as the you know but as far as like the combat you know like the combative uh action you know action -y stuff do you have any favorite like just straight up action films i'm sorry can you ask that again i want to make sure i understand what you're asking me sorry i was asking do you have any favorite action films 
Uh, favorite action films? Yes. Um, I, I like, okay, I like some of the Die Hard movies. I like some of the James Bond movies. Um, but really everything just for me goes back to old school period pieces. Um, for me, it's more about the shows, like the stuff that I'm drawn to. The Last Kingdom, uh, Vikings. When I think action, I'm thinking more that kind of stuff. Like I am into more the swordplay type thing rather mm -hmm. than blowing stuff up. If that makes sense. No, no, it makes no, it makes yeah. it, makes it makes perfect sense. Absolutely. You said, you, said you 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 love the more you know more more dramatic pieces. Yes. Like, and I, I love I love a good war movie too. But the good. thing about this classifying war movie is when I say that, I genuinely mean if it takes place in a war, I'm watching it. It doesn't matter if it's the drama side of war or something like Pearl Harbor where you've got drama and action thrown in there to mm -hmm. um, something like Midway as well that is kind of both, but there's definitely a lot more action going on throughout that whole movie as well. Um, so I'm... 100% in if you say war movie I'm there. <laughs> no, no, it make no, 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 that makes sense. It's like it's like Tasha with her, you know, with her period piece. She's obsessed with you know with 19 with 19th century and, and, and 18th century and stuff of that nature. So really, you know, I know I can I can I can understand that. Me, I I like a good I like a good plot. Like I like sometimes sometimes people tell me like I like okay, I love Transformers. I can't always stand the movies, right? Right. Okay. Uh, because to me, it always seemed like they don't use the Transformers as real characters. They use them as background pieces and ways to 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 uh, to advertise a new cool car, you know, and you know, and have things blow up. They don't really care about like the the, the first few films that came out. I'm like, this is cool for what you know for what it is. But after a while, I was like. What happened to them? Their characters too. They have feelings and thoughts and you know and, and issues they're going through too. But you're still focusing on the military side of everything. Yeah, yeah, they definitely took it away with that. You know, so and that's that that to that to me is like, oh you no, know, some people are like, oh, shut your brain off. It's just a nice action film. I'm like, this is a two and a half hour, almost three hour movie. You're expecting me to shut my brain off just because it happens to be, you know, it happens to star of, you know, like, like, like some characters that I grew up with. Come on. You can tell they wanted to definitely change the angle on it real quick, though, because they took they took Shia LaBeouf out and instantly threw in like Mark Wahlberg. Like this would yeah. definitely sell the movie was, way more. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I gave up on that series after the second one. Was it the first and second one that Megan Fox were, was in? Because yeah. that about the time that I was like, hey, the original characters are starting to come out, which means it can only go downhill from here, which I hate to say because one of my acting coaches is in those films um, and he had a great time on them. So mm -hmm. that's good. But I'm not saying there's nothing I don't like about them at all because I still, you know, because I, I still, you know, enjoy what I enjoy. But once they got to like Bumblebee, I'm like, yeah, just, just a Bumblebee film, I'm like, See, this is what I'm talking about when I mean story. Just because it's a you know an adaptation of a cartoon slash action figure line doesn't mean you can't take it seriously. Yeah, you know? I agree, absolutely. You know, but then but, then I will because I also like sappy love stories on you know too. Like I I love the Notebook. I can't not cry at the end of the Notebook. That's how <laughs> bad that is. 
you know? Right. And well, I don't know how many Hallmark films I've watched, but Tasha's already got me. I, already, I know. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. She, we're going to go ahead and give her the reigning crown for this episode. She got yeah. that lock and key. She got that so, like she got that locked down. I cannot I cannot take that I cannot take that crown. Absolutely. So let's talk about your novel a little bit. I read yes. that you were working on a novel. How's that coming? Um right now it's a little bit stuck. <laughs> um I was I got about halfway through it and then it's just um I either need to come at it from a different way or fine it just kind of got in one of those places where i really didn't know where else to take it um mm -hmm. for lack of a better way to phrase it so right now it's kind of stuck um so i need to either go back and do some revising or come up with a different outcome for how i want it to end and then really kind of pay more attention to the routes i want my main character to take to get there as well mm. How long have you been working on it? Um, well, when I was working on it pretty consistently for probably about six months. And then when mm -hmm. I got stuck with it, I have really just kind of felt like, okay, I'm not going to look at it for a while. It's going to sit there. So that way, when I go back to it, it's because I want to and I can see it with fresh eyes as opposed to looking at it as something that I have to do. Um, it, it changes the atmosphere as yes. for the writing standpoint. Cause you can get, you know, when you focusing on two different dimensions, you know, the Arthur world versus the cinematography world of, you know, doing that. And you're like, why can't these characters flow just like I would if I was in this movie, you know, you get lost in the script cause you don't want to make it so primarily about you, but at the same time, you want to make it interesting enough for readers to keep reading. Cause I've even tried to write books several times since I was in high school. And it's like, every time I pick up the pen and start something, I'd be like, you know what? In my mind, it was a beautiful idea. So I picked up the pen and went to writing it, and then it just crashes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and sometimes I'll do that too. I'll start writing something down, and then I lose the thought. So I'm like, what if I just write this as a screenplay and just do it like a short film? And then I get hung up in that too, and I'm just like, okay. I mean, same idea as what you just said. Yeah, it, really. sounded, it sounded good in my head. <laughs> It really you sounds like you want to do both. It, I it, do. It, it really sounds like you both. Do both. I can see her doing both because she yeah. just has that charismatic attitude that she can tackle the world with, like, you no, know, you know, backdraft of, like, you know what, this role wasn't made for me, especially with horror movies starting to be back on the rise again, too. I would love to see you maybe play some sort of, well, maybe because I, I love, if I had to pick, I would definitely say I'm more of a zombie movie type horror fan. Uh, that is the genre of horror that I am, am not, not super into, um, although it is on my list of things to do as a horror film, but I would like to do more a thriller suspense kind of thing as opposed mm -hmm. to let's chop everybody up and not have a plot line that carries all the way through. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Welcome back, Lady Tasha. She's back. I'm on back. Yeah, the circuit breaker. Like my own Wi-Fi just found. I have to set it, reset it. Sorry oh, about that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know what happened up in here. Wow. Okay, so, um, so I came in on the tell, and that you said you um don't know about doing a horror film. No, I would love to. He was you saying that he uh, likes zombie horror movies, and I said that is the part of horror that I'm the least interested in. I don't. 
I don't do zombies. I don't do zombies and I don't do vampires. Um, I, I just really never jumped on board with either one of those fads, mostly because they just, I don't know, they don't interest me. Mm. And when I, especially with vampires, when I think of a vampire, um, because I was a literature major and actually went to London to study Gothic and Victorian literature. And we, part of our requirement of reading was Dracula. Like that's the kind of vampire I want to see. I don't, all of, I feel like people have taken the idea of vampires and just kind of run with it. And they, they, they gave it a little bit more sparkle. Yeah. Um, yeah. That exactly. was your shot. He was throwing shot at Twilight. That's Listen, what I, won't throw, I won't throw all the shade at Twilight. Okay. I will throw all, I will throw all the shade at Twilight. Not the fans, but the, fr but the franchise itself. Yes. I, I am. I am that guy. I can get on board with that. I have not never seen any of the movies. I never read any of the books. You know what? This on on you. This on on you, cow. Yo, yeah. I'm up yeah. here picking up for the movie like I like to do. You know what? Tasha, take something and give us something. <laughs> so let me ask you something. Can you ever see yourself doing a biopic for someone? A Bible pick? Yeah, bio doing somebody biopic. Bio oh, biopic. Um yeah, I think depending on the person, I could. Because um, I Is think. Anybody like, you interested in my doing one on? Yes. Um. So I was telling them I don't know if you were still on here or not, but uh, I had done a master class that Natalie Portman put on, and mm -hmm. she and that also really goes in depth about her preparation for when she played uh, Jackie O in Jackie, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. all of the preparation she had to do. She had to work with the dialect coach because Jackie O had a very distinct way of speaking and mm -hmm. at the way she carried herself and just learning all of this background information. And I like, I just like to research for fun. Um, if that sounds crazy. Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. So I'm with the kindred spirit, but I like to just research for fun. So I think it would be a lot of fun to really just dive into one specific person and for lack of a better way to phrase it, just pick apart their brain to to become them for a little bit. Mm, I love it. Um, being that you're from Memphis, right? Um, can you ever see yourself doing a viral pick of like maybe on like a country singer and stuff? Or a... Maybe. I don't I'm, I'm, afraid I'm just getting that vibe from you. And then, you know, just, just the whole being out from Memphis and stuff. And, yeah. you know, and what would you, what, like, how would you prepare yourself for, like, a role like that? Um, do you sing? Um, I It's not something I advertise, but I can. I mm -hmm. was vocally trained when I was younger. But, um, yeah, to answer your question simply, yes. <laughs> uh, okay, follow-up question. Do you like to sing? I do like to, but when you ask me if I like to sing, it's more like um, I like singing <laughs> in my car. There you uh, go. Okay. In front of people. And it's interesting because I can perform in front of people. I can teach my students. I can give a speech all day long. But if you want me to sing in front of people outside of karaoke where you're not really there to perform anyway, I that's when it kind of becomes a toss-up. See, that's way that you can do more than I can because I have never successfully done karaoke in front of a, in front of a room of strangers. 
And that and that's on, yeah. that's on, my, that's on my bucket list. To, you have to I take have, somebody up there with you. <laughs> I, I have done a little bit of karaoke in front of my friends. I, I no, not in front of my friends, my family. Like one, like one time, I don't know how, but I ended up singing Sugar Ray during a family event. Um, <laughs> but have I ever? But but I, have I ever? Uh, have I ever done karaoke just to do karaoke in front of a bunch of people I don't know? No. Can okay, I so. ask you what Sugar Ray song you sang? Uh, the one that goes, I just want to fly. That one. Because <laughs> I, no, I knew most of the lyrics anyway, because I loved that song when it was, when it was, you know, when it was uh, popular, you know? So they had it on the, on the karaoke machine at, you know, I don't know what, where, I think, I think this was New Year's or just, we were just hanging out and that came on i was like okay fine you know fine i'll just do i'll just do it no one was really paying attention to me anyway so i just did it but just, so tasha put this on the list when we do the misfits retreat to get a karaoke machine and Kyle has to do another rendition of the song but you know what you know what you know what at least if i at least if i do it in front of y'all i know you guys mm -hmm, at least mm -hmm. enough to be comfortable around you but if it's a if it's a bunch of people i don't know like one time i was in a karaoke uh, i was in a karaoke spot and I didn't know nobody there except for my sister and her friends, and I mm -hmm. got so nervous. And they had, and they had one of the songs I wanted to do, but I just got so nervous so I couldn't do it. So yeah, right now that's on my bucket list. I haven't checked it off yet. <laughs> that's funny. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, a lot of actors and actresses um, sometimes they just get stuck in that one role. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. How do, you, how, how, do you, 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 how do you avoid that? Like, what do you do and everything? Because, you know, say like you have, um, yeah, you, you just is stuck in that one role that you can't just escape. And I think also it starts off as like, especially a lot of children actors, actors and everything. So they, right. Yeah. They just get stuck in that role. What are some of the things you do to, um, you know, make yourself, let us let people know out there, especially when you audition that you're versatile. You know what I'm saying? And don't, because no matter how good of an actor you are, you're going to get stuck in a row. Like, for instance, um, Rudy from Bill Cosby. Mm -hmm. You know, I think she just got stuck in that role. You know, like, it's like, I think any of the Cosby um, kids got stuck in those roles and everything, because yeah. I guess that's what they, something they grew up in and everything. But, like, what do you do to, um, you know, um, you know, sway away and like make yourself you know notice to notice a little everybody that you're very satile and you're not just this role like that western role or you know that hallmark role you can do things different oh uh, i some of it comes down to how you market yourself so like mm -hmm. when we get our headshots and stuff like that done um you so i worked with kind of a an acting coach that is kind of a marketing specialist for actors as well. And so when I got my headshots updated, we narrowed down kind of what are my four types I would fit into. And mm -hmm. they ended up being like a um, CEO slash FBI slash detective boss type person, mm -hmm. um, somebody that could be in a rom-com, like a best friend or the lead in a rom-com, a Western role, or um, I forget what the last one is off the top of my head. So it's important to do that because that's how you want to get your headshots done. So in a sense, you kind of start out doing that to yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you also think about it, there was still a lot of leeway with everything that I just mm -hmm. said there. 
So mm -hmm. that's where it comes down to marketing. Right. What, what are your headshots going to give away about you? Because that's the first thing a casting director is going to see. And then the second part is, is if you have a demo reel or if you have any kind of footage to have as much versatility on it as you can. Um, Cause like if you were to watch mine, there's comedy on there, there's the Western. I've also um, got some clips on my website that I did for some other people with demo scenes that are a little bit more dramatic. Uh, so it's, it's really just keeping all of your marketing material as well as letting your agent know what kind of roles you wanna play to help them market you that way as well. Gotcha, gotcha. And you have you have multiple agents, correct? I do. I actually have five in five different markets. Wow. Yeah. So knowing that they that they you pretty much got you know different you know different spaces covered. Um, mm -hmm. When they send you when they when they send you um, like scripts or things to uh, to audition for, what do you what do you look for, or are you not that you know, or are you not that picky? Um, I really look for something that I think I could play believably. And when I say that there are some things that come across that I look at and just, you know, something that says a girl next door or super sweet or something like that. I know I'm not going to audition for not because I'm not a super sweet person. But when you're when you're looking at me compared to the image that comes in your head, looking at me, you're not that's not going to be the vibe that you get, um, you know, like study just said it's i'm a very charismatic person and things like that which doesn't really fall into that super sweet usually the super sweet seat super mm. sweet shy girl isn't going to be that charismatic um so until the end of the film yes yes um so if it's something that i just 100 percent know i can't do do believably then i'm i'm just gonna pass on it mm. um, because i've I've found not actually from my agents, but through research, talking to people, um, being a part of those Q and A's, master classes, things like that, that a lot of times if you send something that's not believable to your agent, they typically view all of it first. And then if they don't think your audition is good, they just won't send it. And you may or may not know that it didn't get sent. So if if there's even a question that you can't play the character that you've been asked to audition for or that you're considering auditioning for, there's no point in wasting anybody's time. And it's mm. taken me a while to get to that point because when I was first starting, I was like, oh, well, I can do everything. And I've learned, yes, I can do everything, but there are certain things I'm going to be truly considered for versus other things um, just because of really just because of how I look, the energy I give off, um, and and really just who I am as a person aside mm -hmm. from acting. It's it's interesting because um, we were just talking about uh, typecasting and I just and I just had a thought. You know how you know how we're in the age of social media and people get, you know, they they get like, you know, vi they go viral or they get famous off of one video and then they try to repeat what happened and then the same thing doesn't you know the same thing doesn't doesn't happen or if you're somewhere like on youtube or TikTok, the algorithm likes to pigeonhole you whatever your whatever your niche is 
or just like an act or just like an actor, whatever your type is, that's what they tend to give mm-hmm. you. That's what they tend to give you because that's the type of audience you're going to attract. Right. I, you know, um, it, it, it sort of to, to me, it's it's it, it's kind of similar. I know it was kind of forced, but I'm thinking about it. I'm like, no, they they, they, they do that all the, they do that all the time from mm-hmm. type from from types to it. If you were a singer, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you do this type of music because you're from here. So we're not going to market you here because right. we're not gonna da, 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 da. so it, it kind of works the same way. Anybody else following me? Because I'm not even following yeah. myself anymore. But I, yeah, but, no, you nailed it. You've nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I, just, I just thought about that because of the way because of the way things are right now. Like every time somebody looks for looks for somebody on like TikTok or whatever, TikTok is looking for what is your niche? What is something that you do that you can just keep doing over and over and over again? You know, right? Just, you, know, just, you know, one thing I've never um, seems to understand. Like I will see a lot of actors and actresses um, on TVs and big roles, but for some reason, I, and I, I don't know why. I'm almost afraid to ask this. It's just huge and major if they make it to do Broadway shows, like. What is that about? Do you understand? Is is it something about that that's Broadway doing a Broadway show? Is just like something that's just like the top of the line thing that's like the ultimate over being like a um like on a um TV show? You know what I'm saying? Kind of. It is like. (laughs) Um. Well, I think. I mean, I would do both. A lot of actors just like to, whether they get a big role in a film or not, like to do Broadway because it's fun. You're getting to perform live. You're getting to practice something and put it on in front of people. You're getting to make new relationships. Um, And, you know, you've even got some people like Adina Menzel who have started out on Broadway and now she does voiceover work. and so, I mean, I think honestly, they they both kind of flip flop. Um, right. Even with Broadway, it's it, Broadway is still kind of the same as film in the sense that if you have those big name actors um, to put on your Broadway marquee, that's mm. going to draw that audience into. Gotcha. Okay. Like, I don't I don't know about you, but I love Helen Mirren, and if I'm in New York. Yeah. He's going to be in Broadway. I'm going to be there, even if it's not the kind of play that I would usually like to go see. Right. Um, and, I, and I know she is she is really big into theater and actually had a lot of success in the theater um, and is more theatrically trained than mm-hmm. film trained. Um, and and she kills it in both places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is easier, though, for you? Like, what do you find is more easy and more comforter? comforting being on theater acting in the theaters or being like behind the camera um i like them both but i like them for different reasons which i think is kind of tag tags into what we were just talking about right i think that the joy of theater is being able to perform in front of people like mm-hmm. you are doing the same thing every night something about having that rehearsal and just kind of having that muscle memory of what you're supposed to do doing it in front of people getting to getting to actually see somebody feel what you're trying to make them feel um and then knowing that you've 
done that successfully um, feels great. But film is also joyful as well because you you don't have that. You're not performing right. in front of a bunch of people, and you don't you don't have to talk as loud. And everything is really intimate, and you just have to find these little nuances. And I again, I like them both. Also, for that reason, is because they are both challenging in different ways. Um, theater is very big and film is very small um, mm -hmm. when it comes to how you do your actions. Or, okay. mm -hmm. oh. Can you see yourself on the on the production side of things like behind mm -hmm. the camera or writing or doing like, you know, or, or doing like script editing or anything of that nature? Oh, definitely. I've um, I've been a PA for one, two things and a scripty for that project as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would like to try my hand at directing at some point as well. And then kind of what we were talking about earlier is uh, getting something written as well, even if it does just end up being a short film. Short film? Look, short films yeah. are great. Yeah. yeah. I find that they're becoming more of a thing as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the internet has made sure of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so wow. where can the um where can some of the listeners and audience find you at if mm -hmm. you don't mind sharing? Yeah, you can find me. Um you can go to my website, ashleylawson.com, and I'm Ashley with an IE, as you can see on my little mm -hmm. name right there. I'm on Instagram at Ashley Lawson Actress, and then my Facebook page is Ashley Lawson as well. All right. Beautiful. Awesome. And you know, we also have everything at the same expo, which is another mm -hmm. social media site. Hopefully we can find you on there. It's called the block. It's free in the app stores and everything. Listen, any more any more westerns or nineteenth century um show <laughs> movies uh you know or dramas you're gonna be in? Cause I, I need to know. I just love that. I love anything. not not as of now, but I'll tell you what, if if, when I am cast in one again, you will be the first to know, so you can check it out. But otherwise, um, I actually right now filmed a trailer that is currently out being pitched to streaming services and networks, um, in okay. which that gets picked up. That will be major for me because I do have one of the leads in it. I wrapped a feature film at the very, very beginning of September um, that I have a supporting role in, a film that I did right before COVID happened. I have a small little speaking part in it, made its debut at the very end of September at a women's film festival in Beverly Hills. So definitely got a lot out there, got quite a few things wow. coming up. Yeah, awesome. Excellent. Well, that is awesome. And we want to thank you so much for coming on the show with us tonight. Yes. And everything, and we definitely gonna be keeping out for you, and hopefully you'll be back soon and yeah. stuff. Again, I'm gonna be watching out for the uh, the Westerns. <laughs> yes, she will. Trust me, she will. know. I will. I watch. I still watch Little House on the Prairie every day. It's stuff. <laughs> every day I watch Little House on the Prairie, and I wish they would do a reboot of one of them things. You know, like Little House on the Prairie, or even Doctor Quinn, something like that. You know. Oh, Love yeah, that her. was like the Midwest and everything. All of that little house on the prairie was the Midwest too, and mm -hmm. stuff. But yeah, but um, yeah, I like to see a reboot of the North and South, or even maybe a reboot of the Going with the One. But I don't know how that will go right now <laughs> nowadays and stuff. But um, I definitely, you know, hopefully, I wish you all the luck and stuff. Thank and, you. You know, yes. um, I see a lot of big things coming and everything, and um, 
good luck with them teaching the students and stuff. <laughs> and I know that could just be um, a journey in itself. Yes. And, <laughs> now, hopefully you'll be back. Come on the show with us when you get nominated for that Oscar or something. Yeah, definitely. Oh, speak that in existence for you, hon. Yes, please do all you want to. Absolutely, we got yeah, you here. Once, once, once these trailers drop and things like that, we'll yeah. support you. We'll let, you know, we'll let people know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Listen, once you um you get everything um straightened out um any but the with the um the show that they're gonna be shopping around the streaming and anything you work on, send it to us and everything. We definitely okay. get it out there for you. You know what I'm saying? Put it up and then you walk and let them know where they can find you at and what you got coming up next and everything. Awesome. Thank you guys. I've really enjoyed this. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. You're very welcome. We try to be making You're welcome. This is what we try. We try, we try, you know. <laughs> and everything. But thank you so much and good luck with everything. And Oh, you take here and hope you'll definitely be back with us soon. Yeah. Real quick though, shout out to Steve Joyner. Want to give bro a shout out mm -hmm. for making this connection possible. Oh, you know, yes. he's, he's fantastic. So I just oh, didn't want him you. to get overlooked. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> and everything. So that is our show for tonight, y'all. <laughs> but it was a great one. Yes, it was. Absolutely. And we want to thank Ashley Lawson for coming out here, especially just sharing all her knowledge and stuff about even with the acting, yeah. um, the acting lessons and stuff. Um, you know, because you some you somebody somebody a lot of people was listening and you done inspired somebody and gave somebody some good jewels. So trust me, some good jewels of advice. So we appreciate that too. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All righty. <laughs> so steady. Am I ready? Uh. Are you ready? Steady? Are you ready? Steady? Are you ready? Thank you. Exactly. So real quick, guys, a couple of dates just want to throw out. We have the November 10th. We have um Arthur. Was it this Robert Astwood? Astwood, yeah. Mm He'll -hmm. build double feature this week, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah. bring your pen and your pad. It's going to be very educational. Um, mm -hmm. And then Friday, we'll have comedian Curtis Brown, you know, blessing us with his presence on the show. And the 15th, we have the iconic return of music icon, of course. We have singer Shirley Jones of the Jones Girl. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shout out again to, you know, Cam Jones and yes, the Jones Connect. Absolutely. And on November 17th, y'all want to mark your calendars for the mayor. Mariel candidate Red Grant Rodney Red Grant will be present actor, on the podcast. Actor, yeah, actor, comedian Red Grant, you'll be here. Absolutely. He's running for me. Yo, you familiar with Red Grant? Um, Ashley? Yeah. No. No? Okay, yeah, well, he's a, a big time comedian actor. Um, and actually, he's running for mayor for Washington, D.C. for 2022. Nice. He will be up. Yeah, he'll be up here on the show um, on the 17th. So, yeah, oh, we got a lot of good things coming up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the 19th, y'all don't want to miss Arthur Neil Gitslow will be on the podcast as well. Just a few dates I'm dropping. We're booking like rapid crazy. So y'all just stay tuned on YouTube, Twitch, Everything Entertainment Expo, uh, Facebook, of course, mm -hmm. Twitter, LinkedIn, pretty much any platforms. And um, major announcement, I just switched over to Captive, Captivate FM. So you can be able to stream all audio versions of the lives there. Uh, mm -hmm. As soon as it's finished working out all the kinks with that. And my man, master editor, Kyle, 
will help mm-hmm. me run everything on that page there. Yep. And that about wraps it up. So I hope you and all have a the week of Thanksgiving. Let's not forget about that steady. Ooh, I, ooh, I, ooh. I, yeah, I didn't tell, I, I didn't said I'm coming up with some segments because listen, uh, you know, I don't want to um, put the guests on while I'm cooking because I got, I'm preparing for 30 something people for Thanksgiving this year. So I'll be cooking for a few days. So mm-hmm. um, I don't want, unless some death guests do want to come on um, and have like maybe a cook off with me and stuff, or we can talk uh, about we can First of all, that we're going to make, if they want to smoke with Lady Tasha, let me be the first to say, <laughs> you better come with like, I don't know, some fine cuisine, something you would buy in California or something. If you plan on going to the door with the Duchess, I say to here first. But yes, it's going to be phenomenal content. But I will be doing some segments and letting you see how I prepare, what I prepare for Thanksgiving or a couple of days that week. So um, you making you know, the potatoes? What you doing for Thanksgiving? What you you cooking? Uh, no, I'm not. We actually have the uh, Gaylord here, and my nephew will be in town, and I have an 18-month-old, and they are having an elf-themed scavenger hunt at the Gaylord, so we are going to take the kids to do that and then have a late dinner. My mom is not really one... Um, to be in the kitchen. So we get all of our stuff from Honey Baked Ham. <laughs> I love Honey Baked. Let me tell you something. I love Honey Baked. That's down in the South now. You know, and that's when I tell you them you, you eat good down there and everything. Honey Baked, they got that ham is good. The crust on that ham is just so good. Yeah. And they make a good turkey too. And yes. Stuff. Yes. And they make some good sandwiches. You can go there and get a good, nice sandwich. Because mm-hmm. I, I lived in Raleigh for a few years. So that's how I found yeah. out about it. And everything, but yeah, you know what? Listen, I'm not mad at you right there. That's a feast in itself, right there. So yeah, y'all enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Right now, I might have to make myself a late night snack. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> Thank you for that. Absolutely. Okay, guys, let me get out of here. Y'all make sure y'all tune in to On the Brain podcast as well as A for Able podcast, hosted by the one and the only, you know, Elder Tenchi for On the Brain <laughs> and Kyle E. Are, you know, for A for Able. Thanks. Absolutely, guys. And this concludes tonight's segment. Love, peace, and chicken grease. We are out. Peace. Peace.